What's up, Midnight Riders? This is Lunchbox McGee, recording in a small, unmarked location in my mobile treehouse along Interstate 81 in Pennsylvania. And I am joined tonight with Feisty Cat, and you know what? I have looked at your name for months now, and I don't know what it is. Me? Hey, Cal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah, hard. Yeah. A K, a C, and an L. <laughs> <laughs> All right, smartass. But there's like UKY. I didn't know if it was. There's. I've heard of women named Ladasha, and it's L dash. Oh wow. Ladasha. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. That's. I don't know what I'm reading. Yeah, the, the UKY. The U, Somebody saw UK. I used to just do UK, and it's for University of Kentucky. And they thought I they thought I met Britain, uh, so <laughs> I added the Y on it, and I just think I created more confusion. But oh well, you know it's called keeping them right guessing. on. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to say you're UK. You don't have the accent. Well, they didn't hear me talk. They just saw me on Twitter. So. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In fairness, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You gotta love Twitter. Everyone's assuming shit <laughs> well, all the time. My name doesn't give you any questions. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah, I can't argue with that. We've spoken a few times now, and it seems like it's appropriate. It doesn't say bitchy cat, it says feisty cat. <laughs> All right, well, I'm not touching that one with a 10 foot pole. Again, smart move. Hey, man, I've, I'm happily mm-hmm. married for You a know reason. when not to, right? <laughs> well, you know, there you can either be right or you can be happy. And I am a happy, happy motherfucker. That's funny. Well, it's true. You know, you have to pick your battle. You know it is. My wife this weekend she came to me and she was like, Oh, I found these Christmas decorations that I want. And I was like, Okay, cool. She's like, Yeah, the only problem is like I added them all up and it's like four hundred and fifty dollars. And I was like, are you out of your mind? You we are not spending four hundred and fifty dollars on Christmas decorations. You already have too much stuff up now. She's like, I didn't say I was going to. <laughs> okay, I just said I. I know what to. that means. So. <laughs> yeah, that means she's like, and then she's like, you know, all I have to do is work a couple weekends, and then, you know, and I'm like, that's fine. Then I get a new bike and a guitar. <laughs> it all washes in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right? We're going to waste money. We're going to waste money on shit I want. The benefit of being a single mom now. Yeah, right? Well, she, she the only thing she would benefit from is probably all the child support she would get. Yeah, that's, that's not a benefit. But, that's just being a middleman. Yeah, right? Pretty much. It's pretty called much. still being a financier. Right? Well, um, it is what the sixteenth all day. Got another two, two and a half hours. Right on. <laughs> and it has been quite a while since the election. We still have no fucking clue what's going oh on. Oh my gosh, I can't believe time. it. People are spinning out in my timeline too. It's like step back. You're watching a show. Twenty twenty was Showtime. Why can't we get that through our heads? <laughs> Everything is working according to plan. Oh, man. 
what I recorded uh, this weekend, I opened up <laughs> with taps, and I was crying. I was oh, crying God, into the microphone. Good. Like, oh my God, it's horrible. What are we going to do with is the world? Falling. <laughs> right? You know, the, I, I am a firm believer in the plan. I, I, I trust the president implicitly. I trust Q. I trust the people I talk to on the task force every day. I will tell you that it never once occurred to me until things started going south election night that it might actually come down that Biden would be quote unquote declared the winner. And then it started the wheels kind of turning. Okay, well, just how far might they have to let this go before they can turn it around? And as we've talked about on, on other occasions, the longer it goes without the tweet, the more convinced I am that the storm comes as soon as they realize Inauguration Day, it's it's Donald Trump standing at the podium. That that's when things are going to get seriously real. And if there is going to be anything like a civil war in this country, that's when it starts. Is when they realize we're not messing around here. This is not a game. We are calling the Insurrection Act on this bullshit election. And Trump is going to serve another four years. That's when things are going to go down. Well, I'm with you up until that there's going to be um, an out-and-out war. I think it'll be clean and it'll be swift. Why? And it's a very simple answer. Because those that are coordinating the um, insurrection are already being taken down. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think it's, I mean, there is a, there is a timer on this, right? The right. clock runs out on the 20th of January. So I think the big question in my mind is, I don't have any question about which way it's going to go, but I do have a question of how, what the extent is. I mean, who, who, who knows what is rhetoric, who knows what's for show and who knows what's real. I think the one thing that shocks me day in and day out is the number of people that say it's worse than we even imagined, right? But that's true. And and that's what's scary because these guys have it all. And so what they can imagine is pretty darn bad. And if it's worse than that, do they do they truly have the full handle on the extent that they're going to have to you know, basically root all this out? And, and can they get it done in the amount of time they have? That's, to me, the big open question. Okay. I don't think but you're, you've, you've given yourself too short a timeline, you, way too mm -hmm. short a timeline. First of all, go backwards and then come forwards. Mm -hmm. With regards to election integrity, they knew that hammer and scorecard were used in 2012. Right. They knew yeah, well, they, we were they knew it was you. The Insurrection Act, not the Insurrection Act, what were we talking about? It, um, yeah. Trump's EO mm -hmm. from 2018. Election interference. Yeah, that's the foreign, about, but you got to go backwards still. He declared three wars in 2017 opioids, cyber, and human rights. That was the start of that part of it. He added after the. Um, uh, election integrity commission which some of these perps were on 
after they disbanded, he added the foreign interference. Right. Right. But but go back even further. Go back to 2012. Actually, go all the way freaking back to 2001. That was the thread I did this weekend. The 85 slide thread because I don't do a show anymore. But um, I actually gave you the background on how Hammer was started, how it got expanded. Um, an IG report from 2012 that showed Hammer and Scorecard went sideways in 2010 and 11. And that's when they started really stealing elections. And the team knew this. If you, mm -hmm. if you go back and look at Snowden's part of it, that's in that thread. What a masterful plan. And I was never a Snowden fan, ever. But, but look at what Snowden did. He obviously gave them insight. Then you've got Montgomery, who said, I was the contractor hired by Brennan to expand Hammer. And he turned over all that evidence. He tried to tell 18 different entities, IGs and FBI. Nobody took it, but obviously somebody did take it eventually. And in 2016, they tried to use it. But according to General McInerney, there was an intervention. I cannot tell you how, but there was an intervention. They were stopped from taking the presidency in 2016. And they put the camel nose under the tent. The perps knew about it. They developed a backup plan. They found it in 18. And then all of a sudden in 19, you've got this Q-snatch malware in the election systems. Q-snatch, gee, we're Q-snatch. So now we're sitting here in 19 with a malware that's actually tracking them. And what have we been hearing from everybody? Sidney Powell, uh, Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump Jr., Kaylee McEnany, everybody that can get in front of a mic is saying what? We forensically proved the fraud. Right. 2020 was no, no. And they don't waver on that at all. Everyone's adamant about it. And Sidney Powell, she is fire mm -hmm. every time she's on television she is just throwing it out there like we've got these guys we we can prove kickbacks we can prove you know who's doing what they they've and they're not going to make that claim without massive evidence to back it up but how do you get the forensic evidence on a software no. that was gems that fractionalized the vote that left no footprint right how do you get that unless you found a way to get into the system? DQ snatch malware, could that do it? But they got in there and they now can spot when Gems comes in and when it leaves. And then what did they do in 2020? Massive amounts of fraud are being proven. We know mm -hmm. exactly when votes were flipped, how they were flipped. So, I mean, everybody that's spinning... Aside no, they've got a forensic. They keep television. saying it. They've got forensic proof. And so I, I have to admit, mm -hmm. I missed your thread over the weekend. And when they've been saying forensic proof, the things that I'm seeing are things like, um, oh, the 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 particular law and the different algorithms they're using. And I'm and I've been wondering if that was going to hold up in court. But you're saying that this Q snatch malware was actually how they gained the forensic proof that's going to put the, the nail in the coffin because that was tracking exactly how the votes were being manipulated. Is that what I'm hearing? Okay. Let me back up. First of all, do not even attribute techie with me. I'm not. 
but I do think logically, right? <laughs> we've, we've got a proven, it was found by Black Box in 2018, proven infiltration of GEMS software. So you've got Hammer, which is the database, which was expanded, collects data on everybody, right? Mm-hmm. You've got scorecard that is the query into the database and it pulls out data demographically because it's demographic. It's always decimalized. And when it's decimalized, you pull it back and they're using the decimals, which you cannot um, canvas or audit, right? Because on the, on the computer, on the voting machine, it's all whole numbers. They're in the background. They couldn't find it until after the fact. So then they developed, according to McInerney, they developed a backup. 2019, and he said 2018 will be glorious. Remember, we were told that because they found it. Now you've got 2019 where where they'd used uh, a patch in 16 states in the off-year elections. Mm -hmm. And 2020 is, I mean, it's showtime. And when they're saying forensically prove something, we're not talking executive orders. We're talking they've got the data straight from the machines because they were able now to establish the footprint of these back-end systems. Well, we had uh, two, two, two people jump hey in. There. just want to say hi, Authority and Herculisa. Hey, what's going Thanks on? Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. We are discussing the voting machines in the election, because that's the forefront of what everyone's thinking about right now, I think. And uh, Feisty Cat did a huge thread this past weekend on Hammer and Scorecard and the gems stuff. So I think that I'm kind of so far letting you take the lead on this because you've done the most research as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about anyone else. Mm -hmm. I've I've gone over well, a little bit. Well, like, don't take my word for it. Like I said, I'm not a techie. But Ron, Ron, Code Monkey's been putting well, out all of this stuff, up. and he's saying the exact same thing. He's Yeah, he's he's also publishing some really critical documents. Right. And I do not want to misrepresent the level of familiarity that I have with them because – at most, just by by virtue of the volume of stuff that's coming out, most I've been able to do is skim them. But it just so happens that I make my living facilitating software development and for something that requires pretty decent security. And mm -hmm. one of the documents he posted was the actual procurement uh, agreement for Dominion Software mm -hmm. um, that includes the set of requirements. <laughs> and just in skimming through that, I'm looking at these requirements and I'm saying, this is complete BS. You don't write requirements this way because it gives you multiple different approaches to the solution, the software solution. And if you're writing something like that as a, in, 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 and intending it for the people who own accountability for the requirements, they can't read that and tell you which approach they're taking. When you write a requirements document, you say what your target is and you say what the acceptance criteria are in terms of what will be the indicator to me specifically. And, and, and there are criteria that it has to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. It's called SMART, mm -hmm. SMART criteria, okay, and tasks. 
And if it's not all of those things and measurable means, so for instance, you can't say that a system is fast. Fast is not measurable, right? Everybody's got a different. <laughs> I don't know. My son's super fast and he, I can see it. It's so measurable. That's fine. But you, when you write requirements, you have to be very specific about how fast, right? So is he as fast as he gets from um, bedroom to kitchen table when called for dinner in three seconds or in five seconds? You, you see what I'm saying? And none of the requirements are written that way. They have no specificity. They have no target that is well-defined. If you look at that document as somebody who is accountable for the end product, you say, I don't know what the hell I'm accountable for. But did you also see the contracts? I read, I read probably seven contracts and they all have the similar, similar language where staff members can alter the data coming out of the system. And now those are some of the precise requirements I'm mm -hmm. talking about, which yeah. is, okay, they can alter the data. What data can they alter? What are the parameters that they can alter? But it's vague for a reason. Exactly. That's the point. That it is written vague so that they can exploit Very it well. in the way that they have exploited it. Right. I'm sitting here on a, a page called No Q Report. And the headline of the article says IT experts find multiple a multitude of flaws in Dominion voting system mm -hmm. solutions allow mm -hmm. easy manipulation of tallies. And it goes on to say that anyone with minor IT knowledge and a desire to manipulate election results could do mm -hmm. so through the software provided by Dominion Voting Systems, mm -hmm. an IT professional has determined. Now, CodeMonkey, Ron, on Twitter, has gone through as much documentation as, as he can get his hands on regarding Dominion Voting Systems. Um, apparently, he's continuing to comb through everything and publish what he finds. But so far, the biggest takeaway is that the software appears to be designed with a lot of vulnerabilities that would allow nefarious forces to easily manipulate election results with a click of a few buttons. Which, to me, if you're, you know, they've been touting voter election fraud for, I mm -hmm. mean, well, actually, 2016, 20, 2008, you had, um, but now they're uh, ahead. Elizabeth Warren and Claire McCaskill complaining about it. Mm -hmm. There you go. But now it's in their favor. So, well, you do, but the the word is, is about it. It, it, it. It's not from them, right? No. It's not pervasive. Not it's there's no real evidence, and it's not favoring them. And it wouldn't be enough to skew the result, even if it was favoring them. So, you know, just another pack of lies. But well, I think what's really interesting is, in fact. Um, Virginia is back on the landscape again. For California. Yeah. Well, what was interesting about Virginia is Sarge and I were watching Virginia in real time and we watched the votes flip right before our eyes. We we couldn't believe what we were seeing. And it came out, Gateway Pundit put out an article last night about the fractionalized voting, and that's how they did it. So Virginia mm -hmm. is about to get a big lawsuit. California is embroiled in lawsuits. Nevada, that was funny this morning. Did you see um, uh, Sidney Powell where she said, if you're about to certify the election, 
I wouldn't. I'm paraphrasing. I wouldn't if I were you, and I might file a class action lawsuit later. <laughs> I, I, I saw the report that she said it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was Nevada was ready to certify the election. They've now pulled back tonight. They're not. Wow. So, yeah, people are starting to say, wait a minute, is this worth 30 years in prison? I don't think so. That's what I've been waiting for. Where are the people who thought this was all fun and games until all of a sudden they, they're starting to see the extent of what they're actually, number one, supporting, mm -hmm. and number two, going to be held accountable for, right? They and not those above them. That's just it. The accountability is flowing down. Right. And they're start, they're starting to say, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for that. I think Nevada is a, a, a good indicator that that's happening. I, I agree. That reminds me of the guys from Antifa that were yeah. uh, uh, rioting and they were getting bailed out of jail. And then they ended up going exactly. to jail. And they're like, what the hell? I didn't this sign up for this. To to do that. I hope to God I would be smart enough at some point to realize my mistake and be running to save my skin, you know? And I mean, I I cannot imagine, you know, I, I've got a I've got a child to support. I cannot imagine if you've got a family that you're trying to take care of, or just for your own personal life and what your future is gonna look like, being okay with the idea that you're gonna go to prison for stuff these guys have had you do that they knew was not legal number one and number two if you're being honest in any way shape or form violates every sacred principle we have in our national charter i think i agree 1000 percent. yeah at some point people are going to flip people are going to flip especially the lower level peoples who just don't really know what they signed mm -hmm. up for and i believe that they choose people who don't have a high iq or are easily manipulated because um, that's the only people that would do something for money in that capacity, I feel. And so those people at some point aren't going to have, aren't going to have the ability to withstand what, what they receive right. and they'll flip. It's a mob, it's set up like a mob mentality. It's all set up. Well, like a mob drug dealers mentality. make money like that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is once you're, once you're out of that mob and you're by yourself, you don't have that backup there. They get them in a room. It's like, all right, man, you're looking at like 10 years or right you can flip it on. It gets awfully lonely somebody. on that plank what are you gonna do? all of a sudden, doesn't it? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. I've never been there and I hope to never be there. Um, well, that's one of the if, things. Um, I, just have, I was I'm at sorry. my mom's today and she uh, had Newsmax on. Did y'all happen to see the, the Howie Carr show? Um, Lynn Wood was on and it was a very interesting interview, but he basically said that this is such a huge problem on every level of state government and federal government that they may have to do a, an entire new election on all levels everything it's it's affected everything i'll uh, send over that video for you guys you can watch it later but we'll see what lynn wood says keep an eye yeah, on his please do. he was in the middle of talking about that when he got cut off wasn't he i didn't see I thought, it I thought I saw a report that he was in the middle of revealing some of the big evidence that they'd ever uncovered. He was dropping bombs. And then the next thing he knew, his feed was gone. And the, the Newsmax said they didn't hang up on him. And he's sure he didn't hang up. So obviously the question is, was it a, a, a natural loss of connection or did he get cut off? 
Well, I mean, we all experience weird things like right. that, especially when we're on a roll with something. If we're speaking to somebody, I mean, then we're just regular people. I mean, it's so certainly possible. I, not everything I, yeah. is has a nefarious cause, I mean, right? Not everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a does. lot more than I used to think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the other the other thing Ron keeps bringing up, and it was one of the things oh. I noticed. Um, only he's a lot better. He's a lot more articulate about it. Is they they seem to have disrupted the built-in security into the system. And it reminded me of the Obamacare website. Remember that? Where um, the, the to hide the pricing for the plans, they got rid of the first layer, which was the security layer. And within four months, the Obamacare site had been hacked and all of the people that signed up had all their personal data taken. Compromised, yeah. Yeah, because you don't build security after the fact. It's the start of your system's build. And evidently, the um, the equipment, the software has no security, or very lax security. What I what? I... Well, look how much money they spent on that, and they got crap for it. They got absolutely nothing. I got a buddy of mine that got an IT business for which suggests to me it was intentional. That's, That's exactly it. it me right i don't think they they failed to, to do be. it or first of all incompetence doesn't achieve everything that's been achieved here in terms of the massive scale of fraud that's been occurring right so i'm not going to attribute this to incompetence i think this was 100 by design and i wish i could say that the people that did it were across the board stupid i don't think they were my the thing that just enrages me when i look at this and that some of these guys are what i call real um, systems analyst. I don't have a degree in computing. I don't have a degree in coding. I've never been a coder and that kind of thing. I worked my way up from an administrative assistant to do what I do now at a corporate level. But there are people for whom the kind of job I do is a matter of literal life and death when you're designing things like medical care equipment or defense systems and those kinds of things. And what I do is important enough, but nobody's going to die if I do it wrong. You see what I'm saying? And the, the, the kind of thing they're talking about with a voting system is right up there in that borderline life and death, because as we all know, the policies that are going to come from the administration that is elected as a result of the use of these machines are going to mean life and death for some people. Now, at this stage of the game, they certainly are. And it just strikes me that it's absolutely no accident that they have built that, that that the vulnerabilities that are in these systems are there. It was by design. They made it so that these elections officials, Dominion employees, some of these other tiers of architecture, it looks like there are back doors that they can get into all over the place. This was a plan. This was planned. They well, built didn't them. Joe Biden just straight up tell everybody that he had created the most diverse. And I believe that that was ab absolutely an accurate statement. The problem is with something like that, you're going to get your willing, your 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 youthful idiots out there who are going to lie to themselves and say it was just a slip of the tongue. He meant to say voter fraud prevention, and they believe that because they refuse to believe that he is what he is. 
But the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at the way, you don't have to know a hell of a lot about this to look at the requirements for these systems and say that they are crap from top to bottom. And nobody who knows what they're doing should have been paid to deliver it, right? So it, 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 the, the upshot of the whole thing is you cannot be universally incompetent and achieve what they have achieved with this, with this election and possibly all the way back through the 2018 midterms in 2016 and before. They achieved what exactly what they were trying to achieve, which was leftist dominance in the electoral result. Well, that gets me back to the other thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to bring Without up. Is the, like the Obamacare website, the software for these systems is built offshore. The, the, and there's a reason for that. You know, the Obamacare website was built um, by a company in Canada. And Smartmatic and with Seidel and a lot of the software that they're using is built in Canada and Europe. So there's a reason for that. And, and they're all connected. Every one of them are connected. When you look into, this is why the world is watching. When you look into these, the individuals involved, they've upset elections all around the world. Venezuela being the latest. So, you know, this that's what they mean by this is bigger than most thought. This isn't just about America. We're talking about the takeover of the world. As silly as that sounds, that's what you're talking about. No, no they're not. You're right. Well, they're not even trying to hide it now. They're talking. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the IMF mm-hmm. and the UN are talking global reset, the great reset. They, everything that they've been mm-hmm. saying for the last 20 years about the new since George W. Bush or George Bush Sr., you know, the new world order, we've got to really, you know, get behind this new world order coming to power. And it's, you know, for, for years, everyone, oh, that's just a, a, a conspiracy theory, but it's not a theory. It's they're they're blatantly just publishing it for everyone to see. Or worse, no they're, they're listening to the words and they're not realizing that this isn't just a pretty slogan like sustainability out of the UN, right? People hear the word sustainability and they think, well, what's wrong with that? They're not looking at the fine print to to see what it is that the UN is saying is sustainable and what they're saying is not. They don't understand that the, the, the whole agenda 21, agenda 2030 means you don't get to live in a single family house. You don't get to eat meat. You're not going to air condition your homes. You're not going to use fossil fuels to heat your homes or run your car or any other motorized vehicle. You're not going to have public lands like parks and playgrounds for your kids and that kind of thing. These are all things they are saying are unsustainable, which means basically everything about life as we know it. And if you look at what you're reduced to after that, It is exactly the life of a slave. You have nothing. You own nothing. Nothing is yours to, you have no castle. There's no retreat. You are there to serve their purpose or you will die, period, because they're not going to let you use cash to buy goods. And if they don't like what you do, like refusing a vaccination, they'll just cut off your access to your electronic funds. It's, 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 
it does, when you say it all like that, it does sound kind of crazy and kind of circling back to the conversation we're having about the voting machines and not getting too far afield. One of the things that is a tentacle of this that I don't think people realize is you cannot discount the fact that when you build software offshore, it doesn't cost as much. And there has been a deliberate attempt on the part of some of the larger tech employers to drive down domestic wages because really good tech people cost a freaking fortune onshore. And if you outsource all of that, they'll put up with a certain amount of defects and a certain amount of shortcomings in the available features of the software to pay somewhere between 20 and 30% of what they would have to pay if they were paying people at home that could do it better. So not only do they get a voting system that produces the result that they want, they get it all for a hell of a lot less money and a hell of a lot less pushback from people who might be smart enough to catch on to what's going on as they build. Well, with the people that program this stuff, if they're out, if they're, exactly. if they did it here, they would be under the constraints of the laws that we have in place. By doing it overseas or by doing it in a different country like Canada, where they're, the laws, you know, they have the, the hate speech laws. Well, you know, Donald Trump says a lot of shit I don't like. And I, I think that's hate speech because, you know, he's, he's talking about blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can completely justify doing this. Well, even beyond that, just look some, at that. When, again, when you get into very large corporate multinational, and again, I don't want to misrepresent myself. I know just enough about all of this to be really dangerous, right? And which means a thumbnail's worth. But conceptually, I'm sorry? To yourself or to someone else? To yourself or someone else? Yeah, well, all of the above. <laughs> You know I, I, my job requires that I understand this at least at a conceptual level enough to ask questions and pull in the right people to give us the answers. That's what my job requires. Okay, so I don't know the answers to a lot of these questions, but I know to ask them and pull people in so that they can say, yes, you need to worry about this or no, you don't. Okay, and when you have a multinational situation, where you have offshore developers, and this is true whether the offshore developers are contractors that technically are under your employ or they're vendors, a third-party vendor, okay? The Depending on the law that you're addressing, the local law for the developer who is offshore will supersede U.S. law. Now, there are things like boycotts and um, mm -hmm. embargoes and foreign corruption, foreign corruption practices act. It, it prevents you from taking bribes, embargoes and sh shit like that. You, you're we are as an American employer overseas, we're accountable to American law unless by doing so you're infringing on the local law. On the local law, right. that's correct. That's and and that's that's exactly what the point I was trying to get to is, it. If if you think about how vulnerable those voting machines have become as a ver by virtue of the fact that they built in these security vulnerabilities, it's it's super compounded by the fact that American law is not the law of precedent 
when you're talking about the kind of security and control that should be built into those systems. Because the local law for the contractors that are building it is what takes precedent. Yes, and that's why most of the individuals that are involved in the development of the software are overseas or right. out of country. But what this is going to highlight, I think, which is why Rudy Giuliani was brought into this, is you're talking racketeering. That's a universal law when you're enslaving people like that. So I think right. the, the racketeering laws are going to be the benefit for those that were offshore facilitating our takedown. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got a question for you guys, and this kind of shifts gears a little bit. Um, this is a philosophical question, basically. But I'm curious, all the technology that they've developed here lately, they've they've been able to hack um, encrypted software on phones, uh, like the Signal app, um, what they've done with this. And don't get me wrong, this is all great stuff. The things that they've done with it, you know, they've used these tools for good. But in the wrong hands, you know, this... It, and have the wrong person could make this very oppressive for the rest of us. They absolutely have. Aside from the Constitution, mm -hmm. because, you know, that's really only as good as the people who are willing to enforce it. Um, what safeguards do you think that we have? Where do we draw the line? Because we've known for years that they've been spying on us through like prism and fusion centers and whatnot and nobody's really batted an eye like oh yeah they're spying on us and a lot of that had to do with 9-11 because everyone was like well i'll sacrifice a little security for okay my safety. my thought on all of this we're but, go ahead we're talking about pieces of a big puzzle right the the spying the um, privacy infringement and all of that that's a piece of a big puzzle the elections are a piece of the big puzzle uh public health a piece of the big puzzle if you start, you know, relying on your low-hanging fruit, you miss the plump fruit at the top of the tree. So I think part of this has been seemingly allowed to go on because the, the goal is to get to the top of the tree and prevent it from receding. And I think that's a big thing to think about because we're, we're talking, a lot of people are frustrated. Why haven't we seen indictments? Why have, but we're, we're talking about names we know. Did you hear of Lord Moloch Brown before today or, you know, this week? Right. You see what I'm saying? We got to get to the top of the tree, the plumper fruit up top. But I think kind of back to, to Lunchbox's question, you know, it's interesting. I had this conversation with a couple of people. And again, you know, it, it, I, it blows my mind a little bit. You know, I remember reading 1984. Mm -hmm. I graduated in 1984 from high school. I was in that class. And when you, when you stop and you think about, you know, what Big Brother was in that story, I don't think even Orwell imagined people lining up for days and camping out on the street to pay a thousand dollars for the devices that would put you in the position of being spied on by Big Brother. You know what I'm saying? To get the latest iPhone 
or whatever the, the cool new tech gadget is, the PlayStation or whatever else it is that is making it possible for them to collect all this information. And I don't think it's a single faceted problem because of that. I think it really depends. You, you, I don't think we can look at one aspect of this and say, we can control it by handling this piece or we can control it by handling that piece because the sad reality is the vast majority of people I've talked to, their answer to this has been, I'm not important enough for them to be worried about what I say on my phone conversation. I'm not important, exactly. I said, the question is not whether you're important right, right now. now. The question is, does something ever happen in your life, in your town, in your local government, that makes you mad enough that you decide to stand up. And when you do, what can they go and get on you to keep you silent? How do they shut you up? Because they've got everything they need. And most people don't think of it in those terms at all. <coughs> Excuse me. And the more important somebody thinks they are, the more concerned they should be. Well, that's what I was getting at. You know, everybody thinks about their world and it's, you know, it's contained. And this is a pretty big issue that we're dealing with. And you're talking elections that change the fundamental transformation of those countries. And you look at somebody that we never heard of, Lord Moloch Brown, and realize that he changed at least 20 countries with his right. systems. At least 20 country elections were changed right. with his systems. And you start to realize how much bigger this gets. Exactly. So a Kevin Kleinsmith is nothing in this picture versus somebody like him. Well, I understand what you're saying. You know, uh, the problem that I see with big government is that their role has Correct. been and always will be to procure more power for themselves. That, which Once is exactly it, what makes our constitution the exception, the gold standard for the world. Right. The first national charter in the history of the planet that had as its goal the, protect, the protection of people against the government the instead the government. of the other way around. And that's, I got I to gotta give credit where it's due. I, 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 I've always told people, I learned more about the Constitution in five minutes listening to Rush Limbaugh than I did in 20 years of school, you know. But, but that was exactly what made the Constitution exceptional can, and can... why it's important and why it's even more important that we don't look at it as a living document. I've been saying for decades, the reason the left wants you to look at the constitution as a living document so they can kill it, right? It's not, it meant something and it meant the protection of people against the mm. government. And that's what it that still means. And that's what's gotta be protected. Which is why we're the shining light on the hill. You know, the whole world is looking and we've heard many people mm. from around the world saying, my God, we're scared. Um, everything hinges on America. If you go down, we all go down. We've heard this. We've heard people tell us this. And it's absolutely true. What happens here affects the world. Absolutely. Because we have the gold standard constitution. We are what keeps the world from serfdom. 
So, right. and, and if we can't see that now, I think that's why we get told things like sometimes you have to show people. Right. Because people aren't, they've been fed the line that everything we've been researching for decades is nothing more than conspiracy theory. Well, that conspiracy theory just came around and bitch in the backside. That's all true. Um, you know, every time I hear somebody talk about us being, you know, and of course, General Flynn said it so eloquently, mm -hmm. us us being the last refuge on earth. And if, if, if we fail, there's nowhere to go, mm -mm. right? You think about these, these kids with heads full of clumpy oatmeal coming out of school, hating America for the, for what we did to Islanders in the Caribbean and how, what we did to quote unquote Native Americans and what we did in American. slavery and what we did, you know, when we were a colonial power ourselves and God knows we, you know, there, there were nefarious people at work doing nefarious things in those cases, but they have defined the character of the country on that basis. And they really do think that America is one of the worst things that happened in the history of the world instead of being one of the best. And that to me, when I think about what's really at stake here, that's one of the things that I think about. If you've got a country full of kids who cannot stand the character of the nation, that's how you end up getting a, 50 to 70 million votes for a guy like Biden, right? And that's as much a part of the, of the, of the battle as anything else. But that was also part of the takeover plan was to, you know, de oh, degrade sure. the education. And, and, you know, we got to face the reality. We have lost at least five generations through a poor education system. Yeah, we have. I mean, pretty much all of us, that are are thinking about what's going on today. I mean, the people 70 and older, probably not so much, but for at least for us since the seventies, we have been so degraded that most of us had to research to find out what it meant in the constitution because we didn't get that sound of an education. When you lose that many generations of education, it's easy to take the people over. So yeah. one, one of the biggest corrective actions we have to take is re-educating people, helping them to understand, yes, we've got scars. We've got lots of scars. But what made us great is we recognized those scars, put in corrective action, and continued to march forward. Oh, I'm back. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I, I uh, lost my connection. But I wanted to finish this up because we were having a good conversation. Yeah. Like I was saying, we've, we've got to reeducate because we've got the scars, but we need to show that because of the way our constitution is designed and because of the way our society, uh, our culture is, we've been correcting as we move forward and we can only go forward. We shouldn't be looking back so much, uh, you know, learn from your lessons, move forward and self-correct. That's, that's our culture. Mm hmm. Well, like I was saying, when I, I lost connection, you know, we 
America has been dubbed uh, the Great American Experiment for mm-hmm. a reason. Mm-hmm. And we do stumble and fall. And that's how you succeed. You know, nobody, nobody gets to greatness by succeeding all the time. They just stop trying at that point. You know, I so, used, to, used to tell my kids, you don't win the race at the starting gate. You win the race at the finish line. And anything could happen in that mile, right? The trick yeah. is to get up and keep running. Well, I'm not sure quite how much I missed, but but one thing Nothing. you said was you we've got our scars, right? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the example of slavery. And again, I am not a world history expert, but I, I it's funny if the TV's on, it's on a documentary a lot of times, right? And I read a lot of um, read a lot of history. Um, my my favorite history to read is actually Will and Ariel Durant, who did their encyclopedia encyclopedic series in the 1920s before political correctness, right? And to the best of my knowledge, no other country in the history of the world has ever gone to war to end its own system of slavery. Right. And that, I think, is very... Did we really know, or was it more of a byproduct of what was going on at the time? No, I I mean, I really think, I, I, I mean, there was some of that that I think fed into it. But the fact of the matter is, is when you read the abolitionist literature, and again, I'm not going to pretend I've done a ton of that, but what I've read is there was there was a real spiritual fervor to not have a system of slavery in a country that proclaimed its ideal of freedom, right? It, they're, they're fundamentally antithetical notions that you are a country of, by, and for the people with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, Unless you're not white, that just didn't fly in in the in the no, mindset of a lot of people. It makes people it makes you a hypocrite. Exactly. Basically. If we're touting freedom and then subjugating people, which and then and, and there is no doubt that in our history we have done that. We were better at war than a lot of people. That's how we got what we got. But I'm not going to apologize for it. We are where we are for the, for a reason. Conquest isn't, you know, this is a very, uh, this is one of the things I learned from the Durants. Conquest is an extremely unpopular notion, but if you stop and look at the history of conquest, I'm going to say something that may, you know, may be extremely ignorant, but I'll tell you what's rolled around in my mind. The only European country that was never conquered by Rome was Germany. Mm-hmm. And who's been the cause? Uh, well, okay. Aside from what we've learned in the last few years about the New World Order, who, what nation has been the agitator for the worst conflicts of the last century and a half? It's been Germany. Conquest Isn't that had. Where Gaul was. Uh, I'm sorry. Say again. Isn't that where Gaul was? Mm-hmm. Gaul was France. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're the, forgetting another country, Switzerland. Okay, so they, they were never conquered by Rome, but maybe that's why the New World Order happened to thrive there. Yeah. Too, yeah. Right? right. So well, when you think about when when you think about CERN, who um mm-hmm. Alistair Crowley, Satanism, all come out of Switzerland. And and think about the wars, the the two big wars, one and two. Switzerland wasn't in them. <laughs> 
Right. Well, I think I said it before, you know, they're not they're not BLM. They're not going to mess up their own neighborhood. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But conquest, the, the point I'm trying to make is conquest has its purpose. Mm-hmm. And the Pax mm-hmm. Romana was a very definite benefit of Rome being successful in their many ventures of conquest. Mm-hmm. And to a very large degree, I think we saw something similar in the Western Hemisphere with American expansionism. Don't tell me that the, the the people who were brought here as African slaves, that their descendants would be better off if they were still living in Kenya or Somalia or Zimbabwe or any of those other countries where tribal warfare, which is basically just primitive civil warfare, is never ending. There's no broad system of education. There's no concept of fundamental human rights. There's, are there even stable governments over there? Yeah, there are no. A few. Oh, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my point being that many of the descendants of the African slaves who came here, which is not to justify what happened to their ancestors, but many of the descendants no. of them are living a life that is infinitely better and more conducive to their contributing something to their children's future and the, and the future of humanity than anything they could have possibly have dreamed of had they remained in Africa. Well, so as ugly know, as it is, that just got us canceled. I'm going to end up losing my job over that. But hey, <laughs> um, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't even care. Uh, I see cancel culture taking over to the point where you can't say anything anymore. And this is such a small platform. I don't think it matters. But I think you have a point. I do. Um, I also have an issue with the fact that African-American, black, whatever you want to call them, black Americans have been taught this inferiority thing that is ingrained in them. And and a lot of that is the soft racism of affirmative action. Yeah. Yeah. You you need our help to get further. Mm -hmm. And, And we know that that's bullshit because this is America. And if you apply yourself, yeah, a lot of it's being in the right place at the right time, but you know, luck is basically just being prepared for any situation and when it comes up, take that chance. Um but I think a lot of the things that we're seeing with the BLM are a wounded cast of people who have not allowed themselves to realize that they are Americans and that they are just as exceptional as everyone else in this country. And I don't know, honestly, I don't understand why. Then that's the big part is I don't understand, but I don't understand why they need validation from other people. Well, as far as that's, I, I understand what you're saying, but in a, in a previous life, I was a social worker and I'm going to keep this very, very brief and just sort of um, give you the, the 30 second elevator pitch on it. And that is if you've grown up abandoned by your parents, you've got two strikes against you before you take your first step in the world. Um, Sorry about that. Um, 
My dog. What the hell is it? You have a lion in your house? I'm sorry. You have a lion in your house? It, it sounded like it, didn't it? The the dogs are fighting over what I call the cuddle spot on the sofa here. Um, so <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm sitting still. One of them wants the cuddle spot. The other one already has it. So it's a fight. But anyway, I. It, it, they're looking for validation, and and I think the BLM movement gives them a sense of importance and acting on the issues of moment because it gives them community that they don't normally exactly. Have. It, it's the sense of community of, of being a part of the place and time, and having an impact on current events instead of feeling an absolute sense of meaninglessness at the most fundamental level, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. One of the things that, that leftist politics has been exceedingly good at is destroying the nuclear family. And there is a reason why the culture is susceptible to spiraling into a cesspool as we are. And that's because the nuclear family has become so vulnerable. When you look at the golden ages of almost any civilization we've ever been taught about, one of the hallmarks, with, with a couple of notable exceptions like Sparta, but one of the hallmarks of most of those civilizations is thriving nuclear and extended families. And having taken that away from so many of these people, we have made them ripe for exploitation and that's exactly what the BLM and Antifa movements have done. I can't disagree with that. Feisty, are you still here? Yes, sir. She was going on a roll. I let her go. <laughs> right on. I, I have a few opinions about these things, I, I must admit. I have them too. Well, <laughs> I think we all do. And one of the things to remember, yes, you're right. The nuclear family was cornerstone to destroying the fabric of our country. <clears throat> In the 50s, a black family had a greater chance at, a, at an intact family than a white family. And it's completely flipped on its ear. Mm -hmm. Completely flipped on its ear. And... It, the, well, it's not. It's more than the civil rights movement. The push to the inner cities, the push to push people into these these uh, massive areas where you can deprive of rights is a part of that. You know, and and yeah, I, I agree. The civil rights movement is all a part of that. But when you look at, for example, where all the abortion clinics are there it was designed in it was yeah. it was designed to anger a population because they didn't get it themselves well the only the only thing i'm gonna disagree with there is i don't think it's the civil rights movement i think it's the welfare state right but no right. i'm not it, well i'm talking going back to the 60s with the civil rights marches they pushed for that right um and it's like, okay, we'll give you civil rights. Come into the city. and But the welfare state came out of that. When you're designing a, a degradation that gives you the feeling that you're getting something, when in fact you're getting little to next to nothing, um, it tends to make that population very angry. Yeah, absolutely. And here's, here's the kicker. You know... It, I, I heard a really, I had a, a very dear friend that, that became a priest. And one of the things that I remember most from our discussions 
um, before he went off to seminary was was the the day he said, you know, that Satan never tells you an out and out lie. He he draws you in by starting with a kernel of truth. Mm -hmm. And and I have to say that I, I hear his voice when I see what's happening with BLM and Antifa, because the truth that they're starting with is that they've been exploited. Mm -hmm. You cannot deny that. They have mm -hmm. absolutely been ruthlessly exploited. The disagreement that I have with them is by whom? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't want you to misunderstand. When I said civil rights movement, I was talking about everything because I do understand. not just yeah. black civil rights. You know, um, uh, that was basically the beginning of the destruction of the nuclear family, mm -hmm. the uh, implementation of the welfare state, right. um, things like that, that basically brought the black community into a horrible state. I mean, the unity that I see that they have with BLM is fantastic. I get that. And when you come from a community where your biggest danger is other people of your community, having that kind of coalescence and Unity, I think, would be key to making you feel better about yourself. Don't get me wrong. Right. I just think that, that the whole thing is, I'm starting to ramble. Um. <laughs> no, I can see where you're going with it. What you're saying is, is that we started with the whole, the whole point that these are people that come from destroyed families in a lot of cases, right? And something has to replace the family. It's woven into... Our, our, our very essence as human beings that we are not lone wolves. We don't survive well as islands. We have to be part of some kind of community. In an ideal world, that community is your family, right? Or at least it starts with the family and then, you know, extends broader and broader into the circle of, of, of spiritual community and neighborhood and so on and so forth. And when that is taken away from you and you start without the most basic sense of what makes you belong in, in parents and a present family, what's it got, what's it going to be replaced by? And in the case of these people that are very active with BLM and Antifa, it, that's what's replaced it. Well, when you take away uh, the family union unit and you take away god mm -hmm. there's not left but government exactly but that was the plan that's it. both you're mm -hmm. both exactly right and that's how we ended up with a botched election the the absolute plan is we're supposed to look towards the government not towards our families, not towards our spiritual centers. I mean it isn't without notice that we can't go to church but you can have a drink. Right. You know. Yeah. And I understand some of that because if you are an alcoholic, if without alcohol you will die. Um, some people, not all, but some. I understand for some people it is a health issue. The irony, the irony. But just the irony. Well, I mean, the well that and the fact that abortion clinics are still open. That's um, essential. <laughs> oh yeah, well of course, you know. God, we got to be able to kill our kids. But don't you dare go ask God for forgiveness. 
you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. or sing in church. Yeah. Yeah. Singing, singing is a bad thing. Uh-huh. Oh, and in Virginia now we're being told that we should have, we should consider having Thanksgiving outside. It wasn't so long ago that praising God outside got you arrested. So, I mean, I mean, the, the right. whole irony of everything is we're, we're, our heads are spinning. People are have no idea what's going on by design, right? You got all these mixed messages everywhere. And one of the key things that's missing in all of this, we forgot to step back and say, what are we looking at? There's no critical thinking. Well, that's one of the benefits of them throwing anything and everything at the wall, hoping something will stick. Mm -hmm. The sheer amount of noise will keep a certain segment of the people off balance, which is a win for them. They, they've got nothing to lose by Whoa. by the strategy that they're employing right now. Well, remember, the, the goal is we'll not to let us, like. we're, we're not supposed to, they're more afraid now of mm -hmm. our finding out Remember, they'll be afraid to walk down the streets. Well, heck yeah, people are be—they're getting angry. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say? Well, it's not just a coincidence. It's not just a coincidence that all this election fraud stuff comes out, and suddenly we have an outbreak of COVID. Where we're going to have. Oh, it gets better than that. Did you see on Twitter they were trending? It was out of the LA Times that you can look at a COVID risk map in real time. And I started laughing and I, I did up a quick meme. It didn't really go anywhere, but it was dot coloring 101, um, red dots. Everywhere oh. there was election fraud, there was a COVID risk. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, because that's, that's what that is. There, there, all these spikes that we're hearing about, there's a lawsuit for that. Right. Now there's, now there's a lawsuit for lawsuit. that. So I just, it's just, but no, you don't, if we don't take in the bigger picture, you're going to miss that because the signal is COVID, 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 app. right? <laughs> we should make an app to see which lawsuits suit us. <laughs> you know, which class action lawsuit do you think you want to join? Oh my God. They're already They're talking class action yeah. suits. They're already talking yeah. about them. Lynn Wood. Yeah, and I saw Lynn Wood. Go ahead. Sydney Powell. Um, they all talked about these class action lawsuits. The fact that Rudy Giuliani is heading the team is a big deal. That's racketeering by definition. That's racketeering. Exactly. You, you if you. He wouldn't be involved. No, yeah, exactly. But no, step back. Especially what doctors do, right? You don't pull in a racketeering lawyer if you're going after, I don't know, whatever else, right? He, he, he's made his living on that for decades. He knows what he's doing with racketeering law. But, but take it even a step further. How many people around the world have been affected by COVID? You're talking over 2 billion people, right? And you're talking election shenanigans in, in all these countries as well. So right. you're talking a worldwide class action lawsuit, which I already, that's already I happening. The PCR test is a worldwide class action lawsuit. That's out of California. I just read an article yesterday. There, there's a guy suing the world. <laughs> as, as incredible as it sounds. <laughs> When you add the word racketeering to this, doesn't it make more sense? Of course it does. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, okay. 
just throwing this out here and putting on my tinfoil <laughs> hat, okay? With everything from Event 201 to where we mm-hmm. are now, probably before that, they forecasted absolutely everything that they've been doing. It told us through their events what they're doing one way, shape, or form or another. And it is not outside the realm of possibility that COVID, while, yes, it may be real, and for a lot of people it is real, uh, just because I haven't been affected by it doesn't mean it's not. But it's not outside of the realm of possibility that even though COVID may be real, that they did not completely use it to their advantage in this election. And that it, I don't really think it's even outside the realm of possibility that they wanted Donald Trump out so bad that they conspired globally to remove him from office. Oh, I think they absolutely did. I, I, it, it, I mean, here's the bottom line. From the standpoint that America is not only the gold standard in a constitution and a, and a system of government that people want to live under, that provides them with, with freedom and, 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 a, and a way to pursue a life that is meaningful to them, we're also the leader in in the less idealistic areas. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Take I'm I'm gonna play an easy card here. Take a look at Hollywood, hmm. right? Do I have and to? I, mm-hmm. Not well, only briefly. <laughs> but <laughs> if you look at the entertainment culture and how that's been co-opted deliver the, the 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 propaganda of mm-hmm. the world system we've got a we've got a leading role in that sense too and if if the that's, that's the low hanging fruit and uh, the point mm-hmm. that I guess what I'm trying to make is if if we lead in the I- ideal ways I don't think there's any reason to think we're not leading in 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 the less ideal ways as well. But, but step back for a second and think about what you just said. What that proves is how many eyes are on America. Yes. People around the world recognize America as something different. And if we're doing mm-hmm. it, they've got to try it. If we self-correct, they will too. Right. I mean, we can look at it from the negative mm-hmm. side, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that we need to find the dandelion among the trash. And the dandelion is what we do here will impact the world. And I do believe what we're watching is not just a self-correction, but a willingness to clean up and eradicate some of this extreme um, behavior that we're watching because we have impacted the world. See, no question about that. And and I'm I'm not going to make a guess at how old either of you are. But it's funny because knowing what I know now, I can honestly tell you, I, I was born in 66. And when Ooh. I was going, huh? I just, 66, I just go, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> tell me about it. But when I look back at my grade school education, and I mean, I distinctly remember the conversation I had with my fifth grade teacher about how it didn't make any sense that fossil fuels came from dinosaurs because all those dinosaurs would have died anyway. Right. You know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. I can see that my education was really 
when it was all starting and climate change was just starting to be the thing they were talking about right after I graduated and things like this. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm older than you. Okay. And um, I'll just say this by the year 2000, we were supposed to be in the next ice age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. And they switched yeah. the rhetoric, right? First yes. it was global warming, then it was climate change because they couldn't, <laughs> No, you know, they it was global the cooling, then warming, then climate change. Now it's right. because they can't go back and do the next one. <laughs> yeah, because they couldn't pin it down. Yeah, they can't pin it down. So yeah, it's called four seasons, it. right? <laughs> it's changing. It's changing. We'll just call it climate change and be done. That's that's a and I love this. I, I love this carbon carbon dioxide thing. Um, trees. Trees oh, yeah. need what we it's breathe God, out, yeah. and we need what trees breathe out. I mean, that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Except not the left who, who just have classified us as waste producers. Right. <laughs> that's called hot air. There is a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> Point by <laughs> two. <laughs> There's an awful lot of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ladies, I think I'm going to wrap things up. Um, I have really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And I appreciate both of you very much. Thank you for joining me. I hope Thank you. you. I've had a blast. Day. I've enjoyed it too. Thank you so much. No problem. This is what you guys do in live anyway. <laughs> That's pretty much all I'm doing. We're just bullshitting, talking about the world. But anyway, um, is there anything you guys would like to uh, throw out there for anybody? Yeah, who it's bullshit, but it's really well-informed and highest-intentioned bullshit. <laughs> well, you guys, are. I'm, I'm just sitting over here kind of third because, you know, I slept for four, five hours before <laughs> I started doing this. Actually, all I all I want to say is this. My, I, I, my my timeline is spinning out of control. Feisty, what is this? Feisty, what does this mean? I mean, I can't answer the DMs fast enough, right? Just slow down. Turn off the damn TV. You know, watch watch a Christmas movie. <laughs> something yeah. something with with a predictive outcome right. that makes you feel good because what you're watching is obviously something that you're struggling to keep up with. This we're we're watching a movie. Literally, this is a show. Most of it to wake people up that have refused that have been asleep and have refused to wake up. It will all come out in the end. I I, I am not in the least bit concerned. I don't know about you guys, but it's actually it's now comical for me. Well, um throwing this out there for you guys if you get a chance i i guess i could probably do this myself have you guys heard it you guys know who nick frost is i know who simon pegg is yeah okay nick frost um they started out with uh Shaun of the dead that was the first movie i saw them in together nick frost is the big guy um he's got a show well they've both got a show on amazon right now and it's called truth seeker it's like a um uh, mm -hmm. ghost hunter type show and I'm really thoroughly enjoying it and I kind of want to dig into these guys but <laughs> I'm afraid that if I do I'm not going yeah. to show anymore it, it's like me not being able to watch a Tom Hanks movie right I, yeah. I just can't do 
how, how far we've come when we've got to say, please don't tell me they're corrupted too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And I honestly, my wife loves Bon Jovi to the point uh -oh. where she's got tattoos with Bon Jovi stuff. So I dug into Bon Jovi and damn it, I can't find anything about this guy. It's pissing me off because I hate Bon Jovi music. I'm like, no, I don't have any other reason to stop listening to him other than I just hurt her. her one guy you wanted to be on the wrong side, huh? <laughs> no, it's it's called competition. Yeah, I just like I'm like, no, he's evil. Well, not whatever. I, that's not real realistic competition. For one, he's like. It's, 50s now, he's the same age as <laughs> Okay, you have to stop oh. now because Bon Jovi was really big as I was getting out of high school, <laughs> living on a tour. Well, my wife has been to seven or eight concerts. She flips God. out constantly. She's not going to listen, but for, for Christmas, I can tell you, um, me and her mom are going to go in and get her the Bon Jovi band club membership because she could face oh my God. Bon Jovi. And She's going to literally shit her pants. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, but the way that she loves, she's obsessive about him to the point where I've, I've grown to hate <laughs> absolutely everything. About him. But, like, seriously, I cannot find anything bad on this guy. The man donates his time. He donates his money. He goes and he washes dishes at his own damn restaurant that you can go oh in and gosh. eat for free. Um, he's got food since COVID. Okay. He's opened up several food banks and goes and drives the forklift himself to unload the trucks. I'm like, for the love of God, please just go no. get or something. Stop. Stop being so good. It's irritating. That sounds like, that sounds like a man feeling out uh, or uh, one-upped, right? <laughs> <laughs> and well, and, no, it's and like, she doesn't know, know him personally, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it you can call it what you want. You can analyze me as much as you want. It just gets on my damn. <laughs> I don't need to quantify it or qualify it. I just like turn the fucking mind over off. Oh, oh, you poor person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my wife does happen to yeah, listen to this. Always I love preface you, baby. it with that, um, not end it with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's just well, it's like I don't mean to sound like a dick, but well, she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna turn mind. it up. <laughs> she's not. She uh she absolutely does not. She's supportive of what I'm doing, but she doesn't want to know what I'm doing. I think this election is kind of. Well, I'm glad for her. I'm glad for a lot of people. I've got a lot of people asking questions. Yeah. And and it's just, it's sad because there are a lot of people that had, they honestly believe the line that this is just a bunch of conspiracy crap. That our government would not do this to mm -hmm. us. No matter how much Whoa. you try to show otherwise, our government would never do this. Yet they're the same people that went after the no WMD story, right? So, you know, oh, that was no, yeah, right we, we've we've gotten it. past that. Now that came out of the annals of the government, right? That was the CIA that said they have a WMD, but we we forgot that, and our government now somehow magically, with no intervention, cleaned up. They would never 
do this? I, I think people, no. I think they, no, I think they, they like the messages that don't suggest that there's anything hard about this, right? It's all kumbaya and anybody's singing kumbaya, that's who they want to follow. They're not going to follow the people that say, hey, there's, there's, there's bad and evil stuff out there and we have to fight it. They don't want to do that anymore. I think at the heart of everything, people know they're being lied to. People know they're being used. People know that there's evil in this world and they just are, there's, there's a very large contingent out there that are looking for it in the wrong, they're seeing it in the wrong place. They look at Trump and they see someone who's a little bit brash and maybe ill-mannered at times. And that's what they want to call evil because that's, easy to push back on it's also it's also immediate it's what he said that's correct you don't have to that's think correct. backwards yeah. I, I had somebody say have- that to me somebody actually well, said to me the other day i don't remember all of this under obama and i went that's- ferguson yeah, that's- what about ferguson <laughs> well well the reason they don't remember it is because our fury over what happened, our distaste, all the things that we felt, the white hot visceral anger over it, they didn't care about it. It wasn't important to them. And they no, dismissed they it ignored. wholesale. Well, it's like the Flint, Michigan thing where he went to the town meeting and drank the water from the tap or pretended to drink the water from the tap. The people who were in there talking about, you know, the, the quality of their water, that it was poison. And he comes in and just like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this water. You know, they were livid. I've seen some of the documentaries from these people. They're like, that was it for me. I right. will never vote for this man again. You know, but you're right. They, they All the things that happened under Obama were swept away because the media was complicit in And it wasn't just the cause. media. It was the people... And- that wanted to believe that he was the second coming. They wanted to believe it and they believed it and they supported him like it was true. Obama himself said it. Remember it is in, you know, when he accepted the nomination, the seas were going to be reduced. The sky was going to be clean. He positioned himself as a savior. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the only thing he, succeeded in saving was you know i don't know and i'm not going to pretend all the good guys bad guys i do know one thing we've been off kilter as a society for decades and unless we're willing to look at all the little areas and then come together because that's that's where they're at we're behind right but the perps that were working at taking us down are light years ahead of us they are. That's actually you. You made me remember that I kind of went off the rails earlier. The point that I was trying to make is, you know, when I grew up, it it was still God and country and family, and those weren't archaic, laughable ideas to anybody at the time, except the most fringe people that nobody paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Right and now, it's flipped on its ear. And now it's flipped on its ear. And what happened in the ensuing forty years was not organic. No. Cultures don't flip that far, that fast, organically. Something is throwing gasoline on a small fire here, and and it's turning it into a major, like you know, Western United States conflagration. It's it, it's it's not natural the way that this this whole 
ethic has spiraled out of control into something that you and I don't recognize 50 years later. Well, we're, we are where we're at. But I also, I mean, kudos to Trump having the courage and, and the whole team, right? Oh, having yeah. the courage to say, let it go as it's supposed to go. Let people wake up. We'll have the data we need. We can finally put an end to this. Instead of pushing it under the carpet in this war that's going on somewhere that we're not aware of, it's time we wake up and say, what kind of country do we want to be? And the only way that that's going to happen is when everything's exposed. That's right. I, I do think that this is, go ahead, Lunchbox. I'm well, sorry. One thing I, noticed, but I was mm -hmm. just going to say that everything tends to and, run in a pendulum. It swings mm -hmm. really far left and then it swings really far right. But also to remember when the pendulum starts to swing the other way, that's when it's rockiest, right? You'll see it slightly wobble as it regroups and goes the other direction. That's where we're at. I And see, I think I'm going to take that one step further. I don't see, I, I kind of am in the camp that this is more than a political awakening. It is a spiritual awakening. Absolutely. Proportions, right? Absolutely. And that it, humanity is going to reach the next level of consciousness, the number one thing we have to do is quit ignoring evil when it's staring us right in the face, telling us exactly what it is, right? No, they don't. They don't even bother to try to hide it. It used to have a name. It used to be called shame. There is none anymore. You can be as evil as the worst thing that you or I could possibly imagine and walk around and be proud of it. And that's to me, when I say that the flip has not been organic, that's the extreme I'm talking about. Well, you know, we're not going to desire God on our own. We just don't. It's, it's too hard. And, and as a result, it's easy to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And what all I'm saying is, and this is my position is it's God's will that we wake up because unless we do, we cannot survive this evil plan. This is good versus okay. evil. And unfortunately for a lot of people, this is a hard, hard path to take. They've, they've put in, you know, they've got their position. Society's already worked out of the system, our, our spiritual needs and, and, and desires. So, this is going to be a hard thing for a lot of people, but that's where we're at. We, we have to wake up because mm -hmm. this, this is bigger than a person. This is bigger than an election. It's bigger than a disease. It's bigger than all of this. This is good versus evil. And once start, stuff starts coming out and you start to see how that whole machine operates, I do believe it causes an awakening and that time is now. Yep. And and that's, I don't think there's a pendulum that swings back. If we swing back after that, we're lost. Not as quickly. I mean, mankind will swing. Uh, that's just, that's who we are. Well, something something I, I want you guys to think about too is that mm -hmm. change yes. comes mm -hmm. from discomfort. Until your face is in the mud, you don't turn around and breathe, right? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I love about the Anon movement. And that is because 
we all have a part to play and we can be the heroes in our own story. Well put. And I just, I feel like I don't necessarily have to be the best person out there. But if I know that I can be a good role model for my son by standing up for what's right, then I've done my job. And, and I'm in a similar situation. I'm, I, I, my son's more rabid than I am in some ways, so I'm not worried about him. He's 17, and he, he, he decided he had to come out as a conservative in his very liberal high school this year. And he's, he's I know. No, really. I, exactly. And to be honest with you, it was a real test for me because I was genuinely terrified for him. I really was physically and emotionally. I was terrified for him. And I, I mean, I'm sorry. I can see that. Yeah. And, and it, it, I said, I can totally see that. In today's climate, you can't walk around with a red hat on without getting beat up. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly out. right. Now, I mean, to, to be fair, it's gone much better than he or I anticipated. And I'm very, very glad for that. But I'll tell you what is still ahead of me is that he and I are all alone in our family. The rest of my family are these willing, useful idiots walking around with masks on their faces all the time and talking about how Trump is trying to steal the election away from Biden and the whole thing. And it's it it's it's the only I I have to say it give people credit where it's due. We get through by not talking politics. It's just a forbidden subject among me and my family members for the most part. And on the rare occasion it comes up and things start to get heated, somebody's smart enough to say we need to drop it now and pull back and do something else. And we do. But what's ahead of me is knowing that every single one of them is facing what I went through when I was red pilled. And and there is just no question about it. That red pilling is, it's transformative for a reason. And part of the reason it's so transformative is because it is excruciatingly painful. And I am not looking forward to the moments oh, yeah. among the people that I love that much when they realize they've been on the wrong side of this. And that is going to be an issue. We've yep. learned we've learned that right is good and wrong is bad. We've turned that. You can't be wrong about anything anymore because it means you're bad. Right. And that's going to be a huge, huge hurdle for a lot of people. There's no there's no no sides here. No. You're either on the right side or you're complicit. And that's. That's a that's a very very unpleasant place to be. It's convicting, and that that's going to stir some strong feelings. <laughs> mm -hmm. For what it's worth, I'm okay. I'm okay if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. Let's see. Wrong. I want kids I to I be safe from predators, pain. and I want governments to be beholden to people and all those other things. I could seem to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But what, what I mean is I don't have right. to have all the answers. Make mm -hmm. I want just enough of a picture so that I can make a sound decision, but I don't have to have all of it. And for, for some people, 
they've got to be so right. Do you, you know what I mean? Because their their entire well-being is hinging on it. My well-being doesn't hinge on me being right. I can be wrong once in a while, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, the, the, the only part that I have to be, the, the one thing I'm kind of looking on the other side of this and insisting on is, don't call me crazy when I look at something and I see evil there. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever call me crazy again when I look at something and say, that is not okay. There you go. And with that, ladies, I am going to end the show. Thank you. Like I said, thanks so much. I have got to get to bed. I've got to be up. Well, you have a very five or six hundred miles. You have a good night, and thank you for having me. Same here. Good night. Good night. Yeah.